Left. Right. Sweden talked too much about fitness and getting in shape, although James and I both enjoy running, biking, working out. So today we have a friend of mine, Dr. Bacas. He's a chiropractor. He's a professional weightlifting coach. He's a firefighter. He, uh, he does a lot of stuff. Uh, his Instagram tag is Wakaz does a lot because this dude truly does a lot. Him and I went to school originally for engineering uh, like 17 years ago, 18 years ago. So he's a good guy. He's a smart guy. We got him on today and uh, he's talking about fitness. So enjoy the podcast. It's a little slow. I think the first 15, 20 minutes, but it really picks up and we get, uh, we get pretty real. And if you stick around for the last... 10, 12, 15 minutes of the podcast, then it gets really real and we start doling out relationship advice and when it comes to gaining weight in a relationship, which is uh, something that a lot of people know a little bit about. So uh, I'll see you guys on the other end. Enjoy. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. All right, welcome everyone to Sip Talk, episode 168. My name is Justin DiGiulio out of my basement in New Jersey, joined by James, the Bosnia Boswell out of Charleston, South Carolina. James is a philosopher, a professional referee, professional bartender, most exciting of all, an accountant. And we are joined by special guest today, Dr. Wakas Pervais, man of many, many uh, titles. Uh, the title I like the best, Wakas Does A Lot. So welcome, welcome, Dr. Wakas. Uh, I got two questions right off the bat for you. What do you want? How you got away without the U after the Q. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, tell me about what your, your many hats are. Because, you know, we'll, we'll talk in a second about how we know each other. But as far as I'm concerned, you are the man that is always doing something. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, by the way, can you, can everybody see me? Not on the Zoom. Not on the Zoom. I'm uh, not as computer literate as I would like to be. You should be able to go to the bottom of the Zoom screen. There should be a little picture of a camera. You're going you're gonna to check that mm -hmm. little video icon. And... Uh, and then mute yourself so that way the audio is only coming through restream. Gotcha. So go to Zoom. Well, if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. We uh, we do have for those who are watching live on Instagram, watching live on TikTok, you can join us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and you can see what Casas well-defined jawline and uh, and great head of hair. I'm the I'm the odd man out here with the bald head. So it may not work on. Uh, on that platform, but but don't worry, we got you on uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Awesome. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to actively try to work this out, and then tell us a little bit about yourself. I am going to right now, and let's see. Perfect. I am working myself in here. <laughs> Okay, I joined in there. All right, we're slowly getting to this. Uh, let me ask your answer your first question. How did I get away with? 
Who are you? Who are you? What are you, what are you doing here, man? I, I, you know, I'm curious what you're doing here. No, no, no. So, um, doing a lot of things. Uh, my my main thing is uh, I'm a chiropractor. Uh, I went to chiropractic college and got my doctorate. And um, I'm also a personal trainer and a clinical weightlifting coach specializing in Olympic lifting. And I'm a original strength coach. I, I do a bunch of movement stuff. So in our practice, movement is life. So if we can teach people how to move better, it'll give them longevity of life. That's our, that's our main concern. That's our main goal. Uh, so big thing that we do is teaching. And, you know, we do the adjustments, we do the exercises, we do the heat, electric, all the other things that you might get with going to a chiropractic clinic. Uh, and so our your clinic practice, is but your practice, sorry to interrupt you, but your practice specifically is the chiropractic clinic. So you have these other titles, but the clinic is specializing in chiropractic, the art of chiropractic? Yeah, chiropractic. Yeah, yeah. So our clinic is a clinic that houses not just chiropractic but we have personal training we have a fitness center in there we have massage we also have a spine stability program that's run every month we also have a yoga program that's run by an occupational therapist specific for back pain uh, we also have a virtual reality room that we help people with trouble with movement uh, people that are kinesiophobic and we also have a virtual reality room that is set for people who want to train. That's an up-and-coming thing. We got in contact with big people, and um, we can talk more on that afterwards and such. But, yeah, we are a one-stop shop for conservative spine care. Uh, okay, and there's, one, and there's one stop. You're located in Malta, New York. Yeah, right off of exit 12 in Malta, New York. Uh, you can go to our website, maltachiropractors.com. Our Instagram, also Malta Chiropractic, Facebook, uh, all the different platforms that we utilize. LinkedIn. I don't know if people use a lot of LinkedIn. I'm not we'll get we'll get we'll get all your links in the uh, in the section underneath the YouTube video. So anybody watching post production, not watching us live, will be, be able to have access to all that. James and I know the Exit Twelve area very very well. We spent a lot of time up in Malta. We got some good stories. Maybe for another time. Yeah yeah. Uh, so I, I I'm. I didn't realize that you have uh, you do yoga. You get a VR room. So tell me about the space. Is it like a, a warehouse space? No. So it's a it's a two story. Uh, we have a basement, and then we have a first floor. First floor is all health related stuff, which is your chiropractic and your massage. Um, and then the bottom floor is fitness and movement stuff. Uh, so we have our fitness center down there. We have our virtual reality room down there, our yoga program, and our spine stability program that's run downstairs. It actually used to be a half a racquetball court, or it used to be a full racquetball court, and we, they cut it in half. So we use the bottom half for one thing, and the top half is for health, which is massage and chiropractic. Okay, so but but what type, is it like a strip mall building with a basement, or? It's a, stand, it's a standalone building. Do you know where the old Malta Diner used to be? Uh, yes. So it's the building right next to it. So right, we, right there, a little uh, grocery store. Exactly. So it, it's right between. The, so the Malta Diner does not exist anymore. It's a new restaurant there, and between the car wash, we're between those two. So we're in a location that uh, has. Uh, you'll you'll see a big big sign that says Malta Chiropractic right on Route Nine and Sixty Seven. 
So that's our big thing is just uh, people can see our sign and that's uh, see your sign. They come in that way. Okay. That's um, it. And we're the only chiropractor in the town of Malta that take insurances. And, and that's the big thing is taking insurance. People aren't spending all these hundreds of dollars to have these chiropractors or healthcare providers not to take their insurance. Okay, cool. So look, I got a question for you. You get a you get a client comes. What's your what's your most popular? Somebody sees your sign, they want to come in. They're uh, they're looking for an adjustment. I, I want to tell you in a second my story. First time and only time I went to a chiropractor. So, what's your common customer? What brings them in? What are, what are you doing to them? Yeah, majority of the people that we see are back pain, or neck pain, or headaches. Uh, we have people that come in with like sciatica pain, uh, pain down the leg, numbness, tingling, burning stuff, whether it's in the thigh, the low back, the neck, the arm. We deal with a lot of musculoskeletal. It's called pretty much muscle and skeletal system. But we primarily deal with the spine, so pretty much like head to butt. Now, if there's pain in the leg, it could be coming from the spine, and we won't know until we actually assess you. So people that tell you like, oh, it's this. I don't know yet. I haven't assessed you. So you get, so you get somebody, somebody knocks on the door and say, Hey, I got some back pain. Uh, I want to, I want it fixed. And you say, okay, well, we got to figure out what it is. What is an assessment? What is an assessment? Sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So say, say James comes in, right? James comes in, he's got back pain. Um, you know, he's sitting on the computer all day. He's working from home all day. He, or he's standing, you know, he's got a standing desk. He sits and stands, but he's still got back pain. So first thing, fill out paperwork, we take the insurance stuff, that's all done by the receptionist, and then we have you come on into the room, either me or my partner. Uh, we see patients on off days, and it'll go through a full history, as well as your physical exam, your orthopedic exam, your neurological exams, well, and so then we also do a functional exam. That's what I want to know more about, the exams. How do they work? Is it... Is yes. it uh, so you, back pain is actually... How, how does that work? Yeah, the um, initial exam is about 45 minutes to an hour long. Uh, it takes us that long to figure out what's going on. Because somebody comes in with back pain, that's just a symptom. That's not the actual cause. The cause could be posture related. The cause could be a fracture. The cause could be a bulge of a disc or a hernia or a facet issue or something in the spine or the muscles are tight. So we, we figure out, you know, there's the whole location mechanism onset palliative provocative risk all these other things that you go through in your history taking so i'm asking all these questions um and i ask guided questions so i can keep on track i don't want to know the first time you hurt your back was in second grade and you're a 55 year old man you know so i want to i want to focus that exam and if something's relevant please do share if it's not i'll figure that out we'll go down that hole afterwards but right now we're dealing with back pain stuff um so we do the ortho exam after we do a full history. Uh, we're taking notes as we're doing all these things. Uh, exams kind of figure out, help us out. Is this a hip issue? Is this a low back issue? Is this coming from the mid back not moving so good so your low back has to move much more, right? Is this a posture issue? You're just always in this posture. You don't realize it. Could be a various things and that's why the exams are there. Then we also want to check out neurologically if there's anything weird going on so we rule those things out because just in case that's a big thing what if it's something crazy i would like to catch it 
I've had some weird. What's something crazy? What's what's you know? So look, I've okay. had. I'll give you an I've example. Back, okay, let me let me share with you this first. So I've had back pain since I was like in high school running track. I injured my back running track, and I have, mm -hmm. and it was intense, intense pain. Um, okay. And I've always been afraid since then that I'm going to move the wrong way or I'm going to roll out of bed the wrong way, and all of a sudden, I'm just going to be paralyzed. So. And I lift a lot of weights. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty active guy. I run. I lift. I lift pretty heavy. Um, that's my concern. It's just paralyzing myself. So, so share with me. You know. Yeah. So the big thing that we try to teach is pain can go from a foe to a friend. Right? Pain can be a determinant towards whether we should do this or we should not do this. Right? If well, look, you, I've, I've had a relationship with pain the majority of my life, thinking. And I'm a little bit older now, but uh, thinking that if I, if I can put myself into pain, it's good, right? Pain is going to make me grow. I'm going to heal back stronger. But now I'm at a point in my life where I feel pain and I'm like, oh, shit, that's just, if I push it too much, that's the end of that. And that's probably the truth of it. That's you, you, pain tells you, stop that. But your mentality as an athlete, as a young athlete, as a maybe a influential athlete, that was told by coaches like, you know, no pain, no gain. I know that was a big thing in football back when I was playing it. Um, and the other thing is you fight or you wrestle through. I wrestled in high school and college. So you wrestle through pain, right? You find a new barrier. Pain is telling you something's not moving right. And athletes are actually the best compensator. So you had been compensating, not realizing it. And finally, you know, that screw was getting a little looser, a little untightened, and all of a sudden it came out. Now sitting up from a laying down position hurts. Getting up early in the morning hurts. Those are all symptoms of things, right? So we ask certain questions like, hey, does it hurt when you first wake up in the morning? Yeah, it's worse in the morning. Okay, that tells us something, you know, about your injury. What's the cause of it? Oh, no, it's it, it hurts when I do it at night, but in the morning, I'm fine. Okay, that tells me something else. So pain is meant to generate a response. You just have to figure out what that response is. And we try to educate people on the movement that's going to benefit and make it less painful because the cause is what we're trying to get to the root of. Well, let me ask you this. Sure. Because... To do exercise at a productive level is going to require some level of pain or discomfort. So when do you know that you are exercising in the right zone, so to speak, so that like the pain that you're generating is useful? And when should you stop exercising? What, like, how, what, what are the different kinds of pain and what can they tell you about how you are exercising? Sure. Uh, just a regular scale of zero means no pain. Ten means I need to go to the hospital right now. Uh, that's a normal scale medical programs every every like uh, healthcare professional majority of the healthcare professional utilizes now pain isn't a good thing soreness i'm okay with once it becomes painful there's an aberration of movement or pattern that's causing that pain so let's just say you're doing bench press right and you're bench pressing you usually do 135 you're like you know what i'm gonna try for 185 ow my shoulder hurts you know what i'm gonna try it again ow it hurts again Mm -mm, we're done in our clinic anytime there is pain 
we actually reassess or regress our movement to see if it was too much of a load or if it needs to be brought back because the joints aren't able to do what's expected of that movement. Now, the trainers also know if it becomes painful, we pause, we adjust by regressing or doing something else and we have them go see our chiropractors on the top floor and set up an appointment because we want to make sure we address it. And we actually try not to move forward with our clients for personal training unless we've addressed the root of the problem and our doctors have okayed for that person to go back to the training regimen. Now, the scale, zero being, ten, zero being none, 10 being you're in the hospital, six and seven is like a... Mm, it's a like feel good. You know how you foam roll or something like that? And like, ooh, like someone massages you and you're like, ooh, that's a good hurt. Yeah, but I wouldn't put that at a six or a seven, though. Like, I'd say that, like, the most that's ever been for me is like a three or a four. Three, like, six four, or a yeah. seven is, like, really discomforting and, like, I need to stop this. Like, well, James has, James has broken some bones. Yeah, I've broken bones, actually. Like, for me, some of the most painful experiences, one was kidney stones. The other was, um, like, a root canal. Yeah. Those were both like eights or nines. Yeah, so, and it's relative, right? It's hard for me, to me, you know, a bee sting might be like a nine out of 10, but for you, a broken wrist might be like, all right, it's not too bad, right? So it's also- Broken bones were like a seven. Right, right, and that's what I mean. Like it's, it's relative and that's what makes it difficult to have this generally specific term of pain. So when we talk about the six and seven out of 10, a zero and 10 scale this is on like comfort level yeah more than for me 10. like a 10 would be like i've just been doused in gasoline and somebody threw a match my way right and i couldn't help you as a chiropractor on that one but i would i'd still come just be like <laughs> can you adjust this flame away <laughs> well it's more like it, now now my problem is your problem because your place is on fire yeah so my table's on fire and my carpet's on fire got it i like the so, way you think so I want to get into there's a certain a certain aspect that you can't help because you're not doing X-rays, you're not doing surgery. So where is the, where is the value added with a chiropractor? And then how, yeah. as a chiropractor, do you know that it's out of your wheelhouse? You need to go to the hospital. Well, not even that. We actually have great connections with physical therapists, other healthcare professional, massage therapists, occupational therapists, as well as orthopedic surgeons, doctor of osteopathic medicine, because we try to triage. Our, our vision is to be the conservative spine care specialist of our community. So if you have an infection, chiropractic isn't gonna help. If you chop your leg off, chiropractic isn't gonna help, right? What we need to do is once you're in, let's just take an extreme example. So you get in a car accident, you know, New York State is a no-fault state. So that means chiropractic benef uh, usually uh, benefits, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Chiropractic benefits apply to anyone that gets in a car accident, whether you're the one that did it or you know, got into it, right? But they usually take you to the hospital afterwards because you wanna make sure you get an image to see if there's anything broken. Because you can't tell sometimes from looking from a person if their bones are broken. Right. Also, what you're saying about measuring that, that pain tolerance, somebody's three could be somebody else's eight, somebody's three could be a broken bone. Exactly. So for James, he got in a car accident and going 32 miles per hour, got rear-ended, he's fine. But someone like me, same same scenario, and I'm like, I need to go to the, I need to go get imaging. I don't know what's going on underneath, right? 
but maybe James two days later is starting to feel sore. He should definitely call his chiropractor and have them evaluate him further and use the insurance that you utilize, right? Use the no-fault insurance. Um, now, with that being said, when should someone come to you? Now, if you have any aches or pains, especially if you're an athlete, and I say anytime you have a spine and it hurts to move, you should definitely get it evaluated by a chiropractor, not just any chiropractor. Um, just like majority of the fields there are in the world, there are good and then the not so good. You want to evaluate those good and the not so good because you want to make sure you're getting the best care and not just a high treatment care plan. Right. So how are you how are you evaluating a good chiropractor from the outside? So Yeah, take me for example, I know Jack about chiropractic. So how would I like if I were to go to one, how would what would be some things that I should look for to determine whether or not this person is worth going to? Sure, that's a great question. One of the things that I personally would do, and I actually have told my mom and dad the same thing, is how long is their initial evaluation? If it's less than 20 minutes, it's very difficult to get a full history of a person and their symptoms or their pain or their painful markers in 20 minutes, right? Uh, if everybody gets x-rayed, that's my, this is my personal opinion, by the way. If everybody gets x-rayed, how do you know if you should or shouldn't get x-rayed? If everybody has the same cookie cutter treatment plan, I'm not a big fan of those, right? And is there an end of treatment or do you have to be the one that goes for life? We don't, we, we believe in an audit process, right? Say you come in, James comes in, he's got back pain because he sits all day, works on the computer, blah, blah, blah. We figure it out it's posture related. He's got lower cross syndrome. No problem. We give him a couple of movement stuff that's going to make it better. And we have to audit it right there in the office. And if this exercise or this corrective exercise or this therapeutic movement, movement that we gave you helps, that's the thing you're going to do. Because that's the thing that worked. So let me just back up because I'm trying to put this a bit in a nutshell. I want to say hi to Maria who's watching on Instagram. Those of you mm -hmm. guys watching on TikTok and Instagram, you can't see Dr. Wakats here. Jump on the YouTube, the Facebook, or the Twitter stream. You'll be able to see him live, real time. Uh, he's a good-looking guy, by the way. So so to, to put it in a nutshell, when you're choosing a, a, a chiropractor, mm -hmm. obviously you probably want somebody who's, who's – got some good reviews you want to read reviews i think that mm -hmm. but you're saying when you actually go into the chiropractor are they doing a quick basic exam are, are they sending you to an x-ray without a very thorough exam um, yeah. and, and are they talking um what was the phrase that you used it's pretty common i think in healthcare. end of term or something what was that yeah end of treatment um end of treatment so are they discussing a plan for your end of treatment yeah like or, there has to be an end of care right and it, it's it's very difficult um for me uh there's the overall concept is to help people right i chose health you know being a doctor of chiropractic and using 
uh, movement as a base to help people. Then I chose fitness, uh, personal trainer, Olympic lifting coach. I also chose community service being a firefighter. So all those things are benefiting my community, whether it's uh, either one of those three platforms. So within the health platform, we want to make sure that, you know, if you broke your ankle and you went to your primary care and he gave you medication to help with the pain and he kept giving it to you because now you have pain in the wrist or you something else comes on, you keep going to him like, hey, my ankle isn't feeling any better. They should probably send you to PT. They should probably send you to occupational therapy or somewhere else that can triage a little bit better. But if you keep going to your primary for the same problem, it happens all the time. That person isn't helping you as best as they can. Well, that's not- with with pain medicine is that there is not much of an end of treatment plan. It's just well, it's treating the symptoms, not the cause. Exactly, exactly. That's uh, exactly so, so I got some questions for you. I, you know, I totally forgot. What I need to do is tell everybody how we know each other. And I totally forgot that you you you're a firefighter, um, and on top of all these other things that you do. So, what what and I met probably 17 or 18 years ago. Uh, I was studying engineering, and I think you were studying engineering too. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, originally going to be. We were in the engineering class. Um, I was not a fan of engineering. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you know ga- gauging what you do now and how you're evaluating and the way that you look at things and same thing with me how i do in business is i kind of reverse engineer where i want to go the engineer mindset i think helps you a lot in this field when you're talking to someone trying to deconstruct what their issues are and then rebuild a plan i think the engineering mindset is very logical and and, and very good with the fields that you're in so i I think that's that's really cool um so i got a a couple of questions for you i want to talk to you i want to tell you my first experience with a chiropractor yeah let's hear it so this was when i lived in south carolina james and i both lived together in south carolina around 2008 2009 2010 and i went to this gym one day in front of the gym there was a cute girl with a clipboard and she's introducing herself to the members as they walk through so of course I, I say hi back, see what she's all about. She's oh, I'm with a local chiropractor, you know, doctor so and so. You know, we're offering a free or a fifty dollar consultation, something along those lines, a basic adjustment. So I said, uh, I said sure, I I'd love to see you again. So uh, <laughs> so I sign up, you know, I do my workout, I leave, she's gone, and uh, I you know I call, I book the appointment the next day. A week later, I go in. I walk in. There's a uh, a couple of girls at the front desk. This girl's nowhere to be seen, and uh, they introduce me to the doctor. Doctor comes out. Nobody else in the entire place. The two people at the desk and the doctor. Now it's a nice, it's a nice place. They got you know different beds. They have some it, probably PT equipment, and uh, the guy talks to me for a little while. Um, he lays me. You know, ultimately, I end up laying face down on the table. Did you, was there, was there rooms, separate rooms, or was it separated by curtains or something? I don't think there was any separation at all. Yeah, that's, uh, not, not, well, this, this is South Carolina, you know, things are a little, <laughs> a little different down there. Um, so I, I think people aren't as nitpicky as they are in New York. Sure. Um, but I think that. they're nitpicky about different things. Probably, probably. 
So I, I don't think there is much ball busters. Mm. Mm. That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could be wrong. I, I don't know. I, it's been a long time since I lived in the South. So, uh, you know, he, ultimately he lays me down. He kind of goes around my body and just touches different areas. And, you know, he's my shoulders and uh, the back of my neck, down the legs, everything. So he goes, all right, we're going to do this first adjustment. Um, I just want you to relax. So he's got my head kind of I'm on my, um, my stomach here. And uh, the guy takes my head. And all of a sudden, and he says, relax. I'm going to relax your muscles. And he just goes, <laughs> now, I don't, I can't crack my knuckles. I don't, you know, I don't crack any of these things. I, uh, the only experience I had with this, you know, I've heard people crack a knuckle here or there. But the only experience I've had with this sound is watching Xena Warrior Princess. When Xena steps up behind somebody and cracks their neck. So, I, you know, in a split second, I leapt off the bed. I, I, I cocked my arm back. The guy put himself on the other side, and we kind of danced around the, the different sides of the bed. I was, I was trying to go after him. I, I, freaked the, I freaked the fuck out on this guy. I thought he was trying to break my neck. He was trying to kill me. I thought maybe he, you know, he knew I thought his, it ended up being his wife that was the, the lady that signed me up for the thing. Um, but, I, you know, it was, a, it was an uncomfortable situation. But that's, a, that's a tough call to be in because he so, didn't dialogue before he was doing stuff. I didn't know. Well, I didn't. And maybe he may have, but really, I didn't know. And I wasn't prepared to hear this noise that sounded like my neck was being snapped. Yeah. So my question for you, this is a long story. I'll, I'll get to the point is, is that what you're looking for in chiropractic? In chiropractic work? Yeah, yeah. In chiropractic work is, are you looking for these pops? Are you looking to, to be resetting things? And what is that? Is it just air in your joints, or what exactly? Is yeah, it? yeah, that's a good question. Um, in our clinic, we if we can, what we try to do is change the locus of control. You came in with pain, we audited, we did the whole exam, we figured out what the cause of it is. We can recreate it, so we can reverse engineer it, like you talked about it earlier, and then we give you one or two exercises that make sense, and it gives you a percentage of increase or i'm sorry percentage of decrease in pain or increase in range of motion or you're able to do something that you weren't able to do because of pain beforehand those are your exercises then we see if your body can handle the adjustment so before we even adjust you we try to give you the exercise first because i can adjust you you'll feel better but then you do the exercise like oh the exercise well we don't know if it worked then why should i give it to you so now, before uh, I adjust people, I was dialogue. Say I'm going to adjust your neck. I'm going to have you lay on your back. Hey, uh, I'm going to put my hands on the side of your neck. I'm going to turn you to the side. We're going to. I do this thing called the pre-adjustment tension. I put you to the side, and I'm like, hey, does that hurt? And if it hurts, we don't need to go there. If it doesn't, I'm going to give you a light, gentle adjustment or a thrust, and you're going to hear it because it's close to your ears. The neck adjustment. Um, and if it feels uncomfortable, let me know before I start. And how's that feel? Yep, that's okay. So now I'm gonna twist you a little bit, be ready, boom, I do it. My reflexes have to be faster than your reaction to me moving you, right? Okay. And we train all these things in school and I continue to train these things. So then you get adjusted and you feel better, wow. So now you had the exercise, 
that made it feel better. Now we increase your range of motion with the adjustment, whether it was through side turning up and down or side bending. Now, the actual popping noise, right? That snap, crackle, pop. All I it is. I didn't hear it through the camera, but. You didn't hear? Okay. Uh, so what happened was, <laughs> what happened was, imagine this bubble forming. If you have the knee joint, let's just say, okay? You have the knee joint and there's a bubble forming because you're not moving it. Let's just say you're sitting all day and the bubble kind of gets bigger inside that knee joint. So now it's becoming stable because it's not moving. So as it becomes stable, we need this joint to move when we go to stand up and you'll hear some snap crackle pops when you stand up after sitting for long periods of time, whether it's driving or working or what have you, playing video games. And when you get up, you'll hear that pop. That pop you're, is just- you're not, a, you're not a video game guy, are you? No, I haven't I haven't played video no, games I, since like 2003 or four or something, I, yeah. I like video games, I respect them, but I don't, I, I didn't take you for a video, video game. Yeah. I was just curious. All right, so, a, so- I'll play Mario Kart, but that's about it, you know? All right, All right. So, so you've got a- You got this bubble forming and the yeah. knee needs to move now because you're about to stand up and it pops because it's a combination of gases, specifically nitrogen, that makes that audible sound once that joint goes to move so so the gas so the air bubble is predominantly nitrogen correct and you can actually adjust or hear that audible every 20 to 30 minutes so i can adjust your neck crack it or get that pop 20 to 30 minutes later i can do it again now going back to what i was so it takes 20 minutes or so for that to reform to a reform substantial enough to make, be able to make that pop again right and not every time because some people as i adjust them they will say hey i didn't hear that pop Ooh, i didn't get that pop can you try it again i'm like no no no. we just want movement sometimes you don't get the audible sometimes you don't hear that sound but we need motion to occur that's more important than hearing the cracking sounds uh, and again locus of control like we talked about if we can now have you do those exercises that makes it feel better now you are part of the treatment it's not you relying on me it's you doing your therapeutic activities or exercises that are going to benefit and expedite that process of your recovery okay so so uh question for you one i I, uh, you said, uh, kinesphobia, right? Kinesphobia? Kinesiophobia. Kinesiophobia. Okay. I knew there was a, I was reading it, but I felt like there was a kinesiology. Kinesia. Yeah. Uh, kinesiophobia. Yeah. And, and what is, what's the cause of that? So that's fear of movement now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let me give you a generic example. Um, we have. Uh, let's say a patient in their late female patient, late sixties, uh, lives by herself and she has trouble getting things from her cabinet or anything out in front and above reaching, right? Because there's pain in her shoulder. She might have frozen shoulder. She just might not have enough muscles to carry stuff from there and bring it down. So she's kinesiophobic. She has 
pain, or I'm sorry, she is afraid to move due to pain. So what so she the biggest put herself, she doesn't put herself, she doesn't do it, which is probably she's afraid. Yeah. Yeah. So our virtual reality program, we have various programs that allow for your ability to kind of manifest so we can increase that range because it turns into instead of objective driven movement, it becomes a gamification. Give you an example. Uh, so what um, what sports did you play, uh, Justin? I uh, did track. Uh, I did a lot of running and I did some wrestling. Okay, perfect. So let's say track, okay? Uh, the shot put, okay? So there's a shot put arena, right? You throw the shot put and you let's just say you throw 30 feet. I'm going to put a yellow or orange disc at that 30 feet. And now I'm gonna say, you have to throw the shot put past this cone every single time. And if you do, you don't have to run a mile and you have to make five. So it's an external cue because you're making into a game to pass that point. Now, why am I bringing up this example? So now you're gonna, so recap the example, you're gonna try to hit past that, right? Until, unless I said, hey, try to throw it as far as you can, as many times as you can. If you can get five in a row, you'll be good and you don't have to run. Now, let's relate that to virtual reality. You put on the goggles, you get your handles, right? And then we have this game, one specific game, uh, I'll talk about it. It's called uh, Tai Chi, okay? Uh, we all can think of Tai Chi in our head, right? It's a slow movement, rhythmic movement. And it's, that's the French art of uh, shot put, right? Tai yes, the, it's, uh, it's bonjour, yes. And you take these handles and it, one's labeled in black, the other one's colored in white. And as things come towards you, you're trying to hit the black circle to the black hand and the white circle to the white hand. And your movement becomes this gamification. No longer are you trying to put a cereal box up top or a peanut butter jar up top. You're trying to hit the black on black and white on white circle. And you're not, see and you're not seeing your own arm, so you kind of feel Correct. So now it becomes this game to do. So you are no longer like, oh, I'm going to flex forward and I'm going to externally rotate and horizontal A, B duck to push. I'm going to hit this black circle to that black circle. I'm going to hit this white circle to this. So now you're moving and you don't realize you're moving because you're not in your head. You're in a game. Because you're in the, yeah, you're in virtual reality. And that's um, been backed up by now U.S. Um, I forget the three colleges. We have these games that are backed up by these colleges, and we're promoting that part of it in our business because it's VR fitness. So it counts your calories. You can put it to your heart rate and a few other stuff. And somebody who's 78 years old or however old this lady was doing VR for the first time has got to be quite it's super immersive. And that's the crazy part about it. You forget. So we yeah. also have this thing called Google Earth. And you can go anywhere in the world and you feel like you're there. It's it's a little freaky for me, to be honest. Like, it's freaky because it's so real. I think that's pretty cool. So, uh, next question. Back pain. Back pain has been a part of my life since track in high school. Um, actually, in high school, I, I got an ulcer from taking too much pain medicine because of my back pain. Really bad. Um, 
And I, now, you know, now I just kind of deal with it. It's never been as sharp as it was, uh, you know, during during that period. And a few years later, I tweaked it again. But it's I just have kind of general dull back pain. I work out a lot, so it gets tweaked, but never anything too severe. But also a lot of stiffness when I wake up. Now, back pain I understand is is very common. You know, anybody in their 30s and, and older, it's you know, you're, you're in the majority if you have back pain. What, what are some common causes of back pain? And then what can people do on a regular basis to mitigate the back pain, whether it's shoes or a mattress or, you know? Sure. So, so common causes and then how we can, how we can fix that. Yeah. Um, posture is a big common cause of back pain like even like people that are watching on youtube or instagram or all these different platforms that we're on um just look at how you're sitting right now like look at the chair that you're in is your butt pushed up in the back corner of that chair probably not right is your kind of low back slumped a little bit probably and is your shoulders kind of depressed forward probably right we can't hold this position all the time and posture is very dynamic it's not this like upright scooch back relaxed belly chest is tall eyes facing forward thing it's a dynamic movement when you're sitting you want to be here you want to have some movement when you're standing the posture changes when you're more engaged with something you might be closer to the front of your chair when you're more relaxed you might be further back so I think we all spend. I think we all spend enough time on a computer, especially these days. I know. I know James also works from home. Um, I, you know, and I'm. I pay a lot of a lot of attention to my posture, uh, and it, I usually don't do anything about it. But I I usually know that it's it's pretty poor. So posture yeah. posture is the first thing out of your mouth. So I'm guessing that's that's a, that's a big big thing. So one of the things, say you know, with James working from home. One of the big things that you can do, uh, we call these things micro breaks. You can go to our website, Multicarapractors, and it'll have exercises and it's labeled micro breaks. And it's like uh, all the things that we have on there, like pictures. It's like a Denny, Denny's menu. It's all pictures. Just look at the pictures, do the thing the picture tells you to do. So especially with neck and upper back pain, people that are barbers, sit from home, computer, driving a lot. One of the things you can do, uh, like the micro break, is just stand up every 20 to 30 minutes and you're going to take your thumbs in a thumbs up position pull them back like this and turn them outward right like you're externally rotating look up at the ceiling for three two one and then come back do you, do you know how difficult that was for me even just to get my arms straight on the sides <laughs> you probably have tight pecs uh, was, yeah so arms all the way out rotate back and down and look up at the ceiling hold it for three two one and relax so yeah i don't know how audible that was on the other platforms but basically you're reaching your arms as far out as you can to the sides mm -hmm. putting your thumbs up in the air and then turning them backwards and back then you're getting your chin and your uh and your eyes upwards kind of leaning it's back just a open. light stretch and it's back. a it's a good so it's my understanding i've seen a lot of guys in the gym they do a lot of chest but they don't do enough back and they end up very curled forward because their pecs are, are, are very tight and they're curled forward. So you can actually, so speaking on that, if you want to see if someone has tight pecs, if you watch them just from standing straight ahead, 
look at their thumb positions when they stand with their thumbs hands off to the side if their thumbs are turned in towards their thigh more so than out it usually means the pec muscle is super tight on the shoulder which is rotating that shoulder forward i'm giving an extreme example on just so you guys can get a visual so that big pec muscle attachment on the ribs sternum collarbone is having one point of attachment on the shoulder so if you have these robust muscles you'll see guys that are kind of this they can't help themselves they're just super tight so it's not that they're like they might be super strong but they just don't have enough flexibility for that muscle to relax yeah there's a great video of like a, a the coach of a power lifter slapping a sticker onto the back of the guy oh and the <laughs> You can't get it. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, 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 look, this is all I got. I can't. I got nothing. Yeah, I, you can't I, get within like eight inches of it. I went to this yoga class, and if anybody anybody is watching us live, you've got to, if you're watching us live on TikTok or Instagram, you've got to try this. So first what you do is you put your, your left hand up, and, uh, you know, you, you bend your arm. And then you, Wakas, well, I need you to do this because I know you're probably flexible enough to do it. So put your left, left arm up in fr- directly in front of you. All right, bend it upwards so your hand's pointing t- towards the ceiling. Now what I want you to do is I want you to take your other hand, your right your right arm, and put your elbow underneath. Mm. Your underneath. Okay? Like and now this? What I, yeah, just like that, James, you got it. Now I want you to take that other hand, the one you put underneath, and I want you to grab, I want you to grab hold of, of both hands there. James, yeah. because I, at, well, guys, at least you're able to get one arm under the, this is as far as I got. As far as I got, so I have no flexibility. I have I a pretty meaty. I have a pretty meaty chest, so that doesn't help me in my case. Not that James, you would or would not have a meaty chest. No, I'm not. I'm not big on strength training. What <laughs> I most of what I do is cardio, and yeah. I don't do enough of that right now. So, so I want to I want to talk about cardio in one second, actually, and I want to talk about a bit of podiatry and uh, and just pain in the feet. But I just I want to give you one more shot. So we got posture being, in your opinion, number one for back pain. Um, so obviously changing the posture, some exercises that you can find in the multi chiropractor, multi multi chiropractor or multi multi chiropractic. Multichiropractors.com is our website. If you just Google chiropractors in Malta, New York, you can we're the top ones because we also treat a lot of pro athletes and stuff. So, um, so there's some exercise on your website. What else can somebody do outside of taking some breaks when they're working, pay attention to their posture to mitigate back pain? It's a, it's a very loaded question, and it's very difficult to answer. So I'm going to try my best um, to explain and then help understand. Um, the way our spine works, we have like where the butt is, that's where our spine kind of ends, then our low back, then our mid back, then our neck. So where those hips are, right, the hinges, if people stop moving from the hinges, let me take a step back. So the way our spine works, we have the butt, the low back, the mid back, and the neck area. You, the way our spine works is mobility, means you should have movement in the hinges where the butt is. Stability, where the low back is, that should be stable. That shouldn't be moving when you have a load on your back or you're pushing or overhead stuff. Mobility, again, in our mid back, then stability. So it goes mobility, stability, mobility, stability. 
So anytime those get confused, there's going to be an aberration. There's going to be some dysfunction. There's going to be a compromise of some kind. And if you do it repeatedly enough, you will have something that kind of quote unquote snaps or gives or has to compromise another way. So the super lower back, the like where basically where your hips are, that's yep. where you want to be mobile. So if you're sat that's down it. all day, you're basically it's immobile and then it's tightening up yep. and, and getting weaker. Um, all right, all right. Um, the big thing is people don't use their butts. So doing things like glute bridges is a great prep to starting a leg workout or some kind of a lower body movement, right? But doing it properly with the proper intent. As you do glute bridges, laying on your back, knees bent, feet are flat, shoulder width apart, lifting your butt up so your shoulder, hip, and knee are straight like a board, holding it for a second, own that position, then drop it, tag the ground, come on back up, doing about three to eight, three sets of eight to 10 reps. But if you feel it in your hamstring, it's not, you're not on the right track. Something else is going on. If you feel it in the back, you're compensating somehow. So that's a good primer to get your glutes to not be in this amnesiac phase. So we want them to wake up and that's a good way to prime before you work out legs, let's just say. Interesting, interesting. Um, I may actually start incorporating that at the beginning of my my leg workout. So look, now let's I want to some cardio stuff. I, I, was, I was just going to say, let's get into cardio um, because I, you know, I, I lift a lot of heavy weights, but I also run a decent amount, and those two things do not go together at all because I'm a heavy, I'm a heavy runner. So, what are some common running and maybe bicycling uh, problems that you see, and 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 what's going on there? Yeah, so. Cardio is different than running, right? Cardio could be on the elliptical, on the arc trainers and all that stuff, right? So I always ask the question before I start with my clients or patients or what have you. It's like, what is our goal here, right? James's goal is to probably stay endurancely fit. He doesn't care about lifting, you know, a thousand pounds. And am I correct to say that, by the way, James? I could give two shits about upper body strength. I just want to have... I just want to have a good mile time and, and uh, good watts per kilogram on the bike. Perfect. So you want to do power output and you want to do endurance. So then for Justin, he wants strength with power, but also be able to have endurance training. Am I correct to say that? I just want to look good naked. Okay. So that's actually primarily everybody that... <laughs> I'm pretty sure that we're looking for achievable goals here. <laughs> <laughs> I know I drink too much for that. <laughs> so so for James training is actually going to be similar to Justin your rep range is going to be different because James if you want power you have to strength train how else are you going to output power someone that weighs 250 pounds that's putting out let's just say 500 watts versus someone who's 200 pounds putting out 500 watts, the one who weighs the less is putting out most power. Yeah, that's why I said the watts per kilogram. Exactly. So for you, you actually need to generate power and explosiveness, but that comes with proper lifting techniques and form and owning the move and realizing that split second 
before your muscles are in this relaxed state, before you have to aggressively turn them on and do the movement that you want to do, right? Power is a very short period of time. You don't hold a sprint for seven minutes, but you can run for seven minutes. Well, that's that's one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, actually, is that one thing I noticed is that, like, when I cycle, I don't really see much of a translation from however much work I'm putting in on the bike to my mile times and also vice versa, where I would think that, like, increasing cardiovascular efficiency and lung capacity and oxygen, like, throughput yeah, would yeah. have more of a translation between the two disciplines but it really feels like cycling training really only benefits cycling and the running training doesn't benefit cycling anywhere near as much as I would have thought it would. And I'm going to add something to it. And it's something that's a little against from what I'm guessing your uh, fitness psyche, which is strength training is going to increase your op output in cycling and running because you're pushing the muscle in a short burst because there's type two twitch fibers, type one twitch fibers. One are supposed to be for fast, one are supposed to be for slow. For endurance athletes, you want to do the slow ones because it's slow, continuous. But with like uh, sprinters, you want to have type two fibers, which are the fast twitch. So um, you have to do more strength training to maintain your output of power because from there, you'll have the muscle backing to push when you need to, right? So you I, will I gain did, a little. I didn't see, I did not see you, you going there, but that makes a lot, a lot of sense. Yeah, Is it's, it's difficult. I, I train a couple of um, people that have done uh, triathlons and stuff like that. And all they want me to teach them is how to get better at running. Cause that was their thing they needed help on or cycling. They were good on swimming. I was like, here's the thing. I can't teach you how to get better at running, but what I can teach you how to get stronger so running becomes easier. Yeah, and a lot of time when you are doing the long, slow workouts, like the long distance runs, the long distance bike, mm -hmm. bike ride, you're not building that, that muscle density. Uh, and you're, you're kind of almost wearing down your muscles in a, in a, in a weird way, but you're building endurance. Yeah, uh, so... For someone like James, uh, two exercises that will be crucial for him are going to be the Romanian deadlift or straight leg deadlifts and Bulgarian split squats or lunges. Because we need to have proper contractibility of your quad, hamstring, and glutes. And if you can't heel press in a bike, and pull up at the same time on the opposite side at a higher capacity at 100%, let's just say, because biking only costs 90%, you're always gonna be stuck at 90% because you're not pushing yourself at 100%. So if only takes you 100 pounds to move the power that you want, you have to be able to push 120 pounds to then move a level up in cycling. Does that kind of make sense? Um, yeah. Well, hold on. Um, so, well, I had a thought and I just completely lost it. Um, well, look, because yeah. like the, the thing about cycling that I found is that it's a lot easier to do cycling at a given intensity level. Like, so I, I usually I always ride with a 
ride or run with heart rate. And I've found that I can keep a heart rate, like let's say 160 is kind of a benchmark for me. I can ride a bike at 160 for easily two or three times longer than I can run at 160. Why is that? So two reasons there's a that's a big question as well and it's difficult to answer and like the why is that is, is this a one thing um to be honest i don't know i'm only speculating right now and i'm just theorizing what could be uh, first of all if the heart rates are consistent you're only using your lower anatomy for cycling for running you're using your full anatomy for running right running you can do Let's just say you can do 10 miles. You could probably do 30 or 40 miles for cycling. Yeah, it would be about the same amount of time. Right, right. But the output is different. You burn way more calories in a mile run than you do in a one-mile bike. Well, yeah, because it takes longer. But like, if you look at your, your calories per hour burn, you're going to be pretty similar. Right. So calories just is like a measurement right it depends on whether it's like whether you run in sand or uh, you run in air or water or road it'll differ on how intense it burns or you take in right so when you your your question is it's hard to answer because it's such a what about this one part of my fitness do you think that'll be the reason i, I don't know the only thing i can speculate is that because your endurance is really good in cycling and not so good in running, that's why you can maintain the equal heart rate in both. My, my thinking, I, I think you're on to something because you are recruiting a lot more muscle. Uh, and we got to wrap pretty soon. I want to ask you one, one more question on air and one more question off air. But I think because you're recruiting so much more muscle when you're running, there's going to be a higher level of pain at, uh, through lactic acid at whatever heart rate just because there's more lactic acid being generated throughout the body so that that pain threshold may actually be reached sooner using the whole body because it's all over versus just in the large large like portion of your body yeah. we got one question that rosh is begging us to ask as well go ahead hit rosh question he, um rush wants to know if you recommend the use of like a balance ball instead of a traditional office chair for sitting at a desk Oh, one of those like big medicine ball looking thing. Yeah. Um, no, I think uh, those are a gimmicky thing because imagine if you're working eight hours and you're on a ball all day. When you first get on the ball, you're probably really focused like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to finish this. I'm gonna... After about a half an hour, your legs are going to get tired. You're going to fatigue. You're more concentrated on not falling. And same thing when you're sitting on that, 55 centimeter ball or 65 centimeter ball after a while your posture is just going to slump that's that's how i feel when i sit on those things at a certain point in time i, I just kind of give up and yep. it, it might as well be a beanbag so, so maybe there's value in like doing it for a small a small portion of the day while you can focus on having the correct technique but then go back to something that's comfortable that's going to promote better posture or you can just get the thing initially that promotes better posture, which is taking those micro breaks every half an hour to 20 minutes, which will allow you to have mobility and circulation because you've been static for so long. And adding on top of that, James, is that um, 
people want to come up with new reasons to, oh, look at this wheel. Oh, look at this wheel. No need to reinvent the wheel. It is what it is. You keep to basics. You keep the simple and build on it. We want to get gimmicky. We want to be like, look at this. I'm sure you guys have social media that you've seen on fitness that this guy is lifting, you know, a chair on one side and a weight on the other side and this and that. He's doing sit-ups. Super amazing. Super I think strong. I think the suggested posts for me on social media are usually like steak and and uh, and well, grilled food and chicks in bikinis. So we we see a lot I mean, of things on social media just because of the suggested posts. I don't well, see any guys lifting a chair in one arm. And, and well, a- well, Casa's talking about gimmicks and stuff like that. And the reason why you see gimmicks all the time instead of just recommending traditional exercise routines is gimmicks sell sell, sell. exactly. Okay. That's it. Gimmick sell. You got to do the real thing. We're going to run out of time on a live stream. What I want to do is keep you guys for another five minutes, answer two more questions. We can post that post-production. But I want to thank everybody for joining TikTok, Instagram. We're going to stay recording, and that's going to go in the post-production. So if you guys are watching live, catch us post-production. We are about to lose the stream. So adios TikTok and adios Instagram. All right, so, all right, guys. So I got I got a couple more questions. We're out of time, as you can hear the the exit music here. But I want to include this in the long version where it gets pushed out to YouTube and where it gets out to the audio podcast. So people can download it and hear some real questions. I don't I don't want too too much time because I want to keep it pretty short and succinct. Um, but I think we definitely hit the nail right on the head when it comes to gimmicks and uh i wanted to ask you about yoga and how we should incorporate yoga into an exercise routine especially when it comes to weightlifting because i like you know i try to do uh you know three to five days of cardio every week but i i try to weightlift at a solid five or six days a week uh my issue though is i have no flexibility do you work on it uh, do I work on flexibility? No. And sometimes there's, I ask for, well, there's your answer. And sometimes I ask for help tying my shoes. But my, what you know, my, my fear is always canceling a workout. An actual to me, working out is breaking down muscle so that muscle can rebuild harder and stronger and bigger. And skipping a workout to do some flexibility bullshit to me is not is you know I, I feel like. I don't see the gain in the yoga and the flexibility for the loss in in the workout. So what are your thoughts on that? So first thing is, do you foam roll? No, but I own two of them. That's a... Okay, so best thing you can do for your body before you start is take the two to four minutes that it takes to foam roll your calves your back of your thighs, your butt, your low back, your mid back, and your quads. Spend about 10 breaths at each of those areas. So all of your backside from your ankle to the upper back, and then your quads. Take 10 breaths. It shouldn't take you more than two to four minutes. Once you've done that, you've now stimulated those muscles into making sure that they release the mechanical sensitivity that go to the hypothalamus in your head 
that tell the body, hey, how's that muscle feeling? We're doing good. And you want to stay at about three, four, five. That'll stimulate a lot of the muscle, get circulation in the area, get blood flowing in the area. And then you do your dynamic warm-ups. When you played sports, we didn't do a lot of static hold stretches. We did a lot of high knees, butt kicks, karaoke, side shuffles, you know, skips, bunch of those things because they're dynamic because you're ready to perform a movement. There was very little stretching in, in, involved in the sports that I played. They, were, they, they did it, but I felt like they were just doing it to be like, all right, you know, somebody breaks a leg or sprains a thing, you know. We did the stretch. I don't know why you wouldn't stretch before, like, well, so I've got very little experience with weightlifting, but before a run or whatever, I don't know why you wouldn't stretch. It makes a huge difference. And you don't want a static stretch. You don't want to stretch and hold for 15, 20 seconds. You want a dynamic stretch. You want to move. You want to rotate those hips. You want to get those shoulders moving. You want to get the wrist, elbow. And what's the reason? Blood flow or range of motion? No, it's, you're building a elasticity in that muscle to now be ready in a readiness state right i so, fear i fear the range of motion though so i get some elasticity but the range of motion is what i fear is going to get me into trouble because i can bend that far and uh, and then pop well right? you're asking for two different things you're asking for flexibility and then saying that you're afraid of flexibility i am i am and that's and that's look that's as far as i can get that's just one thing of flexibility. We haven't touched your shoulder. We haven't touched your hips. We haven't touched it. So it's like asking, like that specific example is like asking a kingdom of animals that they're going to be best if they can climb a tree. And that's the best animal, right? There's so many other things that your hips can do or your ankle can do, or your knee can do, or your T-spine can do, or your shoulder can do. And all those require certain attention and focused attention so you can really have that brain-to-body connection as you go into a loaded movement. Okay, so so, so foam roll, foam roll, heel okay. to upper back, right? Heels back and forth, back and forth. Hamstrings back and forth, butt, low back, mid back, then flip over. Quads, you should be good to go to start your dynamics. Dynamics should take you no more than five minutes. All this thing should be a seven to ten minute thing and you're ready to move because guess what when you lay back you do one of these before you bench press do you bench press 225 right away or you start with like the bar and so on and so on i usually start at 135 i think right so you start with lighter weights before you get to your working set right you have your warm-up set then you have your working set same concept you got to get your body moving before you actually load it. And then you got to load it progressively until you're working. And then you work it to fatigue, progressive overload, and then you come back from it. All right. So so you're saying – so I, I said, should I incorporate yoga? And you're saying, more importantly, I should incorporate foam rolling and dynamic stretching. That's a good start for you. Now, here's the thing. Yoga is great if taught properly to – the audience that can be progressed up or down. You go to any yoga spot in a group setting, they're going to give you a movement and they're going to make these small adjustments to help you out, but they can't cater to you. Well, look, my issue with yoga is mostly the religious aspect of it and the fact that everybody seems like they're just... I think it's the culture surrounding yoga that's off-putting more so than the actual activity itself. 
I've what are you done... talking about? It's surrounded by really attractive young females that, that are, are really all crazy. Physical. That are all crazy. That's that's what that's that's the caveat there. They're they're all they're all crazy. I did. And, and this I thought... is coming from me, someone who like in the past exclusively dated crazy chicks. Uh, <laughs> and he goes in I'm the past. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Because so, the one I'm dating right now isn't crazy, but so uh, I've done hot yoga a few times in the city, sure. and one time I looked like I was going to pass out. I felt like I was going to pass out. The teacher came over. This is disgusting. Now, hot yoga is a hundred something degrees in the room. You're yeah, yeah, you're in a sauna, right? And there's sweat just just dripping off of you. And the teacher came over to me, and she had a packet of what's that vitamin C stuff that they that, that comes in a packet you mix it with your drink. Emergency, oh, emergency, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she had a packet of emergency, or or a, you know, a different brand, same idea. And now, bear in mind, everybody in the room is ripping okay she's the teacher she's she's also dripping and she poured i don't know if she poured I, man my memory's bad i don't know if she poured it in her hand or my bare hand but either way there was enough hand on the floor contact with the feet it was i felt as if i was licking it off the floor so she poured this out into it may have well, been you're my, really just looking to get salts back in your system so then like, you might as well just lick the floor yeah and she just and she goes all right eat it now and and, and then so i had a ba very bad experience i ne never going back well you were dehydrated and she wasn't giving you what you needed but the thing is though justin you can't let one person in yoga determine the rest of the yoga you cannot paint everybody in yoga with this broad stroke if you got a bad haircut actually you know what james i'm gonna pick you um, <laughs> well no justin's gotten a bad haircut for the last 10 years <laughs> you're not uh, gonna stop going point made, point made. Uh, you see, um and then my next question and this was uh a question i i I'm trying to expand on quora a little bit you guys familiar with quora um isn't so that basically yahoo answers with a different name it is, yeah. It's people asking questions, and then the community answers them. And a, a question that was suggested for me to answer, I don't, I, I don't engage that much, but I've answered a few questions in, in different realms. And uh, one of the communities I'm in is relationship help. So, But this one was a fitness question. And I thought it would be a good one to pose to the three of us. And that's why I figured we'd take it off air or off the live cast. Um, my girlfriend broke up with me for being fat. Is it my fault? Yes. So, uh, I'm curious Dr. Wakas's opinion on this one and his answer slash solution to this, to this poor young lad who's overweight. So now, we don't know, we don't know any more details, by the way. We only have the question. That's a, that's a very loaded question. I, I, I don't like to answer loaded question with a blank statement. Um, the answer is, the short answer is yes, but the big answer is yes, because. And then you go into a series of becauses. Because you no longer value yourself, because you took the structure out of yourself and started to become comfortable, because you took, because someone no, no longer saw you as a value, because of what you were doing to yourself. Someone becoming overweight, I get it. Outside of genetics, outside of this, I have bad genetics. Don't you think I want to eat M&Ms? You can. Of they sell them like, everywhere. Yeah, but the thing is, should I eat a whole family pack every day? Probably not, right? So being 
someone that gets comfortable in a situation is from my perspective how you become content and once you become content it becomes this domino effect to having a softer life i think there was a famous saying that says like you know tough times bring tough people tough people bring easy times easy times make easy people easy people bring tough times and then the cycle so you want to approach tough times whether it's in relationships finances family faith fitness all the other apps in the world and never be satisfied with what you have but enjoy it but always propel yourself a little bit more forward so for him he needs to refine himself because as a man and this is my personal opinion no longer dr wakasa i'm wearing my personal hat men are meant for certain things we do a lot of physical stuff right wrestling is more okay and playfulness in a physical manner is more okay for males than females it's just how it ends up being so for him he has to become more uh, more stronger whether it's emotionally and physically and i don't mean strength wise just stronger and just be disciplined and that is difficult to do that is very difficult to do i think i think you gave a really good answer i think you well, gave a really good answer I want to tag on to his answer because I think like my 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 answer mirrored his short answer, which is yes, and then he went into a lot more nuance. And I think you need to look at like two or three possibilities here: is either you were fat when you started the relationship, and she got sick of it, and then you have to figure out why was she okay with you being fat at the beginning of the relationship and not when she decided to end it and like, in that what case, changed because then it wasn't you being fat it was you doing something else and she used was, the fat as a reason or the other one is hold on, hold on wait, just pause on that because in that situation that makes the 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 female a shitty person no it's, it doesn't actually well, no because because she could have changed and you know and she could have said no it. no she decided to date someone who is fat and she wasn't off put by the being overweight it, it was something else that happened in the relationship that made her not want to be in it anymore. And she used the, the your fat as a reason so that she didn't have to address the actual problem, probably trying to avoid either an awkward conversation or hurting his feelings about something else. But whatever the case, it's either you were fat at the beginning of the relationship and she ended it for some other reason, or you were skinny or like more fit at the beginning of the relationship and you got fat and that shows that something changed and you stopped taking care of yourself. She's getting something different now than what she signed up for. Yeah, yeah I, I think, well, Costco, a great answer. James, I think your, your thinking is, was more in line with me thinking that weight gain is often a symptom of something else. And if it's being unhappy with your life, but ultimately you're not taking We're care content. of yourself. Yeah, you're not happy with something. And there's a reason that you're consuming more calories or you're less active or whatever reason there's that calorie imbalance. You're consuming more or you're less active, which results in the weight gain. And, you know, I, I read some of the answers that were proposed to this question and a lot were like, oh, honey, you're not wrong. She was a shitty person. You know, you need to be happy with who you are. But, and I think that, what Wakas said back to that, tough times create tough people, tough people create easy times, easy times create soft people, soft people create tough times. We're in the era where we are we have created soft people. And we haven't gotten to the stage where we've gotten to tough times. For the most part, it's pretty easy times. But I think that a lot of the zeitgeist right now is is about how 
things are going to get really bad if we keep, you know, coddling everybody. And, you know, I, you know, it, it's easy in this scenario to say she's a shitty person and being obese is okay. And I assume, I assume the guy's not seven pounds overweight. I assume he's 50, 60, 70 right. pounds. Potentially obese. And the so, other thing is adding on top of what you're saying, Justin, and, and, I'm not, and I can appreciate that is that men don't really go out for help. They try to figure it out themselves, especially men that are emotionally stable or strong, right? Having a strong structure to stand on as you grew up with a positive reinforcement and support system really benefits and can make a, a man or a person into a monster, not in a negative way, but in a monstrous way that nothing is going to hold you back. Nothing is going to stop you. And the only person that can get in your way is you. So potentially, potentially speculating here, he let himself get in the way because he changed his priorities. She was attracted to him because of his priorities. And she, when he changed those priorities, like James was saying, potentially, right? Which is now making him unattractive to her, which could be one of the reasons she left. It could be because he said one thing and did another. We don't like those types of fit flop or bait and switch. Maybe he made a lot of money and there's a stigma with people, men in power and women that don't have it, which are attracted to power. Could be a bunch of things, but you should always stand your structure, right? That when I was going through my personal stuff, I had my family to count on, but I still had to make the decision when you get broken up, you know, you need to refocus your life. Yeah, it sucks, but you need to refocus your life because if you grow as a person, if a man can attain value, that's what makes him a high valued man. Women are usually born with value and they need to retain it and maintain it. Men have to grow into or attain or make their value. Yeah, I think that was a lot, but that was, that was, that was, very, it was very well put. And, you know, we don't have enough information to address this guy's question. That's but, it. But no. what the, the responses that I was seeing was, oh, honey, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're a special person and you're special just how the way you are. He's not. And, 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 and I don't think, and just like you said, soft times make soft people. And, and we've had it so good, you know, and, and you said there's a element of masculinity. There's an element of being a man that, that mm -hmm. is tough enough. And I don't think it's all bad. You know, I, I don't think telling guys that they, you know, they should cry and, you know, and they should be able to you know, put on 30 pounds and, and nobody should be able to say, hey, what, you know, why are you being a wimp? I don't think that's good for us in the long run. I think, you know, leaders, <laughs> you know, we want leaders that we can idolize and leaders that we have to live up to. And when you're in a relationship, just like James said, you signed up for something and the terms changed, you know, and that's when i'm in a relationship i'm actually much more physically in shape because to me i have to maintain a certain level of physique that was attracted to that person you are a wild outlier my friend <laughs> I, I am yeah no i remember there was a when i was in college there was this guy i was a freshman on the volleyball team and one of the seniors on the team um like he showed up and he had like a nalgene full of wine 
and like one of the guys on the team is like, "Hey, so what's that?" And he's like, "Getting that, that's getting a little bit big." And he's like, "What's I think it was, what's Danielle think about that?" And he's like, "We've been together for four years. Where the fuck is she gonna go?" That's it. But that's and that's what happens is the person says you you've lost your standards. You're a different person now. And and you know some people four years turns into forty years, but for a lot of for a lot of people, especially in the world that we have today, which is not back when the three of us were in college, the, the world that we have today, where you can go on Instagram and you can see seventy other people that would gladly take you out that are in better shape, that we have to fight for our place in life. And when you stop fighting for your place in life, then you're you're basically surrendering, or you're saying, hey, it's here to take. And if it gets taken from you, then, you know, so be it. All right, guys. So, look, I think we're all pretty much on the same page as that. I did want to pose that question before we signed off. This has been a fun cast. Yeah. Uh, we started a bit slow, but we definitely got there. We definitely picked it up. Because I really appreciate the fitness insight. I know nothing about chiropractic, being a chiropractor. Um, the whole field outside of my one experience where I almost beat up the doctor you know, I, I, I know very little, so I appreciate the the knowledge that you dropped on us, um, some of the workout information. I think we definitely in the future need to do a follow-up. We bring you back on. We got some more questions. Um, we may drop them uh, by you in advance, so you prepare a little bit more. But I appreciate you having having you here. Uh, I want to thank Rosh. Rosh Kaleb in the background has been feeding us everyone's comments live on the TikTok, the Instagram feed. And uh, as always, James, thank you for being yep. here. On that note, I'm going to go run two and a half miles. All right. Well, <laughs> Adios, guys. Cheers, Good guys. Thanks. See you guys. Thank you for having me. All right. You have made it through the entire podcast. This is The Other End. You are now at The Other End. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your time. And uh, as always, uh, if you want to share a tribute uh, of your thanks with us, you could like, you could comment, you could share this podcast. And if you have not, you could subscribe. Uh, we would appreciate that. Any interaction helps, and uh, we are truly grateful. So thank you for being there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'll see you next time. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.